welcome back to Reaching the Summit Women's Basketball Podcast. We're one week away from the conference tournament, and we have our second to last guest with us uh, this evening, Coach Aarons Johnston of uh, South Dakota State Women's Basketball. Coach, thanks for joining us again this season. You bet. This will be fun. I'm excited. Um, it's been quite the year for you guys. Typically, it's other teams facing loads of adversity, but you faced loads of injuries, very, very low amount of people on the roster to the point where you had to kind of go and get some other players. Um, can you just talk about the resilience of your team kind of throughout this whole season and how you got to where you are? Just coaching interviews these days for a variety of reasons. Um, this year's team has had to be really, you know, mentally connected, very resilient. Uh, they've had to do a lot of things that aren't just your normal kind of day to day. Uh, one, when you have this many injuries, it's a little bit like a, a slight loss, you know, with the team. You're just dealing with those tough emotions where all of a sudden you've got great friends, some of your best friends, people you thought you were going to be a senior with, all of a sudden not, you know, competing anymore. And that's hard for not only the players, the team, but also their families and their friends. And so it's just a, a big emotional challenge that a lot of people have to go through and we had a lot of them this year unfortunately and so you have to deal with the human side of that um, and then you have to deal with the basketball side of that where you try and figure out okay this is the team we have now how do we maximize our our talent that we we have still and so there's two things happening at the same time and that resiliency that you speak of kind of shows up in both of those like you have to be uh, good with the human part of it but you also have to be good with the basketball part of it and these challenges have created some opportunities for us to really grow in ways that maybe we wouldn't have without the challenges. So we, we absolutely would rather be healthy. I want to make sure that's clear, uh, but we've made the most out of a really tough situation. And uh, I think a lot of credit goes to our players for that. They've been great about it. Um, Tori Nelson, our senior, our leader, one of our captains has been just a, a fantastic leader, so steady throughout this whole process. Um, and then we've had a lot of new faces grow into really important roles. And all of those things take a certain level of resiliency and, and mental concentration to do. So, yeah, this has been a, a really you know challenging year, I guess you would say. Uh, but I'm just really proud of how our team continues to grow and grow together and find ways to bring out the most of each other. Absolutely. You know, if, if someone was outside the league and didn't know about the injuries, they would look at the standings and say, same old SDSU. Uh, so it's absolutely phenomenal the way you've been able to kind of work through that. Um, you talk about talent and new faces and new roles, and I want to give you a chance to talk about Brooklyn Meyer. She's really made a name for herself in the player of the year conversation, and she's a sophomore. Um, so just how has she been able to show up on both ends of the court for you and kind of um, lead in terms of, of scoring and production for this team? Yeah, this has been fun to watch Brooklyn grow into this kind of player. And not just from freshman year to sophomore year, we've really been recruiting and following Brooklyn, Brooklyn since she was a freshman in high school, to be honest with you, whether it be coming to our camps or seeing her with her team. So we've you know, gotten to know Brooklyn, I think, really well, her family well. And so seeing her have this kind of year is a reflection of a lot of years of hard work that she's put into it. And then last year, really growing and watching and learning from Peyton and Maya, two all-time great post-player forward types here and, and being a big part of that team, but not necessarily a starter quite yet and not necessarily having that role. And this year, she's been placed in that role, earned that role, and as the year's gone on, she just has grown so much in her confidence and her uh, certainty. And, and I think everything she's doing really well right now, we saw flashes of last year and we saw some times early in this year. But with the way she's playing right now, those flashes are consistency. They're, they're just showing up every possession. Uh, defensively, she's fantastic. She can block shots. She can guard her players. She rebounds really well. Offensively, she is a fantastic passer. So when people double or try and help, she always finds open shooters. Uh, she can finish with her right hand, left hand. She can be on either block. She can play in the high post because she's such a good passer. She's just limitless in what she can do out there on the floor. And it takes time to, you might think you can do that, but it takes time to to have enough success to really feel that way. And now she's had enough basketball where you can see, I think that confidence has really grown in all parts of her game. Absolutely. I, you mentioned passing. I think that's something that people don't talk about. They look at scoring, they look at blocks, rebounds, things like that. I see personally a little bit of Drew Gilton in her passing. I remember last year you told me that um, when Drew was on the court, you just have to run down it with your hands up because she's going to find you, even if you're not ready for it. So it's cool to see that um, kind of happening with Brooklyn as well. Um, yeah, 
I would agree. I think I think passing is a tough one, especially for post players, because they have people coming at them from different angles. You know, not everything is right in front of them. They're getting doubled. So I think you're spot on. I think her ability to find her teammates is is not just good. I think it's exceptional. Absolutely. Um, defensively, especially once we got into league play, there hasn't really been a lot of close games for you guys. It seems like you've kind of tended to stretch the lead in the second half on most occasions. So I want to give you a chance just to speak to your defense, maybe specifically Mesa Biome. She's someone I've kind of seen grow into a new role this season. Yeah, for sure. I, I think our defense really starts with those two inside players, both Brooklyn and Mesa, who you mentioned. Both of those two can block a lot of shots. They rebound really well. They can switch ball screens when we want to do that, so they can guard some perimeter players. Uh, they can get out and guard forwards who shoot the ball in the three-point line. Just their ability to be so dominant, and, and Mesa's really come on in that regard, too, helps everything else we do defensively. So I really think our, our defense really starts with those two, and not just their post-defense, but what they do are able to do everywhere because it just gives us a lot of versatility and then the perimeter uh, we've just really grown that way too how we guard the ball how we help each other how we rotate recover those things have been exceptional this year uh, but mesa in particular inside has been outstanding you know she does challenge a lot of shots she gets a lot of rebounds um, and she does it really efficiently and, and brooklyn does the same so our defensive success this year our defensive ability is really built around those couple of post players being so talented and so versatile with what they do. It just allows everybody else on the perimeter to be really focused on guarding the ball, guarding the three-point line, and not having to do a lot more inside. Absolutely. Um, we really could talk about the whole roster, but we don't have time for that. So the last specific players that I want to highlight are Isabella and Tori, uh, Tori Tollison, the two players that you picked up. Can you just kind of walk us through that process and what that experience has been like for you and for them as well? Yeah, well, Haley Timmer went down early this summer and kind of thought we could get through. And then Callie went down before the year and then Hillary Barron's went down. Um, and those are all basically before the year started. And now it's like, well, we've got to make some additions here. And, and our assistant coaches did a great job of a couple of things. One, uh, just talking with other coaches here at SDSU. Are there any you know, players out there who maybe have just gotten done or something like that? Still students who's who's enrolled right now that has been for college athletics that may be able to help us. And then two, our assistants also started looking at all state basketball teams and, and people that have had success in high school. And then going back and matching that up to who came to SDSU, like who's an SDSU student, but maybe didn't play college basketball. And so Isabel was found that way. And then TT was found as a current student athlete. So our assistants really recruited, I guess, and, and went out there and, and connected with, with both of them. Um, and we talked to some other people too, and maybe just wasn't going to be a fit or the right fit. And uh, both Isabel and TT had the right personality and the right um, thought going into this. And they've both helped us immensely, both in practice and in games. And uh, I think they're I think they're getting a lot out of the experience. It's been fun for them and their families. It's been fun for our team because not only are they here helping us, uh, they bring their personality and their energy, and that's fun to have uh, what they bring on that side of it, too. So, yeah, we it, it was out of necessity, no question. We, we were going to have a hard time moving forward with practice, uh, but both Isabel and TT have added a lot to our team, and I think they're having a lot of fun. We're having a good year with them, and we're having a good year because of how they've helped us. Absolutely. Um, I want to give you a chance to kind of shift gears just to talk about the league in general. Everybody knows I hate hearing the league is down or whatever other, you know, excuses people want to throw out. I think um, even though there may be a gap in, in the games or whatever, and you guys are scoring a lot and winning a lot of games, I think the league is closer than than we think it is, especially once we get into the four, five, and six spot. So what can you say just about um, our league in general and about the parity in basketball and kind of what you're seeing? Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Our league is as strong right now in the women's size it has been the net ranking about 16 right now um, that's towards the top of where we've ever been in the net ranking out of 32 ish kind of conferences out there so um, that's in a, a good position for us i think the games are highly competitive i think you've seen a little bit of separation maybe if you're just looking at numbers i'm not here promoting but i think sdsu the last couple of years has had really exceptional run you know really a, a unique situation outside of that i think you've seen a lot of competitiveness we've got four teams right now 
all that are all in the top 50 NC net ranking, which is unique and almost something we haven't had before. Um, I, we don't have any teams in the 300s right now as of today. Um, that's something we've had in the past. So in terms of the quality of our league, it is really good. When we talk about scoring margins and things and wanting that's up there, but they're not very good. You know, there's a difference there in terms of like net rankings and how that all falls into the big picture of things. So I think we always, in my opinion, I always feel like we have to be careful about just wanting parity. Um, as long as parity means everybody's really good, then that's great. Uh, but if you have some really good teams, North Dakota State right now is on a fantastic run. Um, they are playing as well as any mid-major school out there right now. And, and, and their early season record doesn't reflect kind of the way they're playing right now, uh, but they're 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 really good and uh, they have the ability to, to play in a postseason event and do well there too. So, and you've had that with USD the last couple of years. And, and so we, you know, I think our league is really good. It's in a good place. Um, I don't think we want to have eight, nine, 10 teams that are all sandwiched together unless, like I said, the net and everything else is up where it needs to be in that kind of hundred. So uh, I feel really good about it. I, I don't think that there's a lack of parity in our league at all. Um, I think you have some some traditional teams that are doing really well. I think uh, our run of success kind of paints a picture that it's easy and and uh, it just isn't. You know, we're a top 50 NCA net team. That's incredibly difficult to do, and we've been there for a long time. And I think we see some other teams in our league moving that way too. Um, so we're in a good place. The league's in a good place, and and I think everybody should feel like we're we're trending in a good direction. And the parity piece that can really mean two different things depending on what parity is for you. Absolutely. Thank you for that. Um, my last question for you: We're obviously approaching March. We've got one week left. Work is not quite done. You can secure the one seed with one win, but I'm sure you'd prefer to win both of your games um, this coming weekend. How are you, I mean, coming off of a close game at Denver, speaking of the rest of the league being good, that was a little bit of a scare. Um, and then a, a good win at St. Thomas. How are you kind of staying grounded and staying focused on these two games that you've got before we move to Sioux Falls? Yeah, what well, we did for the first time ever, I think in my career talked about trying to be a little selfish and not share anything this week. We'd rather not share a conference title. We'd rather be a little selfish and keep that to ourselves. And that means we have to win some games. So it means we have to play well here this week. Um, I think our team all year has been really good about staying focused on things we can control and things that are productive and not getting distracted by, you know, other things. How are other teams doing? Um, what does this mean for conference ranking, seedings, postseason? Uh, it's just how do we be good today? And we've had to take that approach because we've had to deal with a lot of things off the court and, and, and other things throughout the year. So I just think they've been really grounded and staying focused on how do we make this the best day we can? How do we do productive things? And so we're going to you know, practice well this week. We're going to get ready for a big game on Thursday against North Dakota. Uh, practice, get ready for a big game on Saturday. Uh, hopefully we can play well in both of those games. That's kind of our wrap-up to the year, wrap-up to Frost Arena for us. And then we'll shift gears and get ready for the tournament. But just staying really present in the moment. Uh, focus on what we can do now and, and this team has done that really well not just this year but for for a long time and that's been a big part of our success absolutely um all right listeners that's coach aronston of sdsu women's basketball jacks are looking to lock in the one seed you know they'll get two opportunities this weekend hosting north dakota tomorrow um and they'll say goodbye to frost arena on saturday it's a little bittersweet um but you got senior day and a blue out against number two north dakota state which is obviously a really big game so we wish you the best uh for this this last week and Kiss Frost, Frost Arena goodbye on a strong note, and we'll see you uh, next week in Sioux Falls. Okay, thank you. the transition so smooth and then I forgot to take that off the screen. <laughs> oh, it's what fine. up? 
what up so my internet quite literally went out at like 9:01 p.m and i was like i just finished watching the real housewives of beverly hills reunion part one which i was streaming on hulu so i know the internet was working and literally the minute it got over i came in here to do this and it was just loading i couldn't load anything and i was like this is not good i thought we were gonna have to cancel and then at like 9 13 <laughs> point three seven eight nine seven it just like popped up and i was like okay let's do it we're here ready to rock last two games of regular season play let's go i know is that not wild to you it went by quick Uh, february obviously always goes by quick but man am i frozen still yeah Nope, you're back now. This is going to okay. be rough. Yeah, I February goes by quick. I don't... Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I saw um I saw this thing on TikTok where someone was talking about how people are out here like wow, in tw- cuz okay, you know how people are making comparisons about like 2020 and 2024, like same two teams in the Super Bowl. Like same like series of events type thing. Okay, so people are really yeah. out here being like, "Wow!" Like the last presidential election was on the leap year, and so is this one. And we're like, they all are. They they, <laughs> they all, all are. are. Like, like they went a little too hard in the like comparison conspiracy and forgot that they all are. <laughs> <laughs> people believe anything these days. They really do. We had a whole conversation about this in Con Theory yesterday about like media effects and if agenda setting is really still a thing or like if people have agency or like how media literate are people. Like I still get surprised when my students don't understand that Disney owns like everything. <laughs> like I'll pull I, up a map of like the four business oh. or four corporations that own like most of our media and students are like, what? I'm like, yeah, it's, <laughs> like it's important. It's, I, mean, I know that like a lot of people do this, but when you, so I gave up um, Twitter, Instagram for Lent, Facebook a little bit, but I just, I had some things going on where I needed to stay a little connected. So I like stop, I don't scroll on Facebook, but it's amazing how being so disconnected, how much better my life feels like you make time for other things right like reading or i don't know just doing literally anything else that you've been putting off that you're like oh you know maybe i will try this video game or i will read more of this or do more of this and like i don't miss it like twitter is such a toxic and yes it's great It, it when used correctly social media is great but like it, it's so toxic still that you get warped into believing that you absolutely have to have it and you don't anyways I'm I don't disagree no, oh my gosh yeah we were on I can't tell you how many people in class yesterday were like don't get me on the soapbox and I was like like my friend my friend said um she was talking about media literacy and she said, don't get me on that soapbox. I'm going to get so angry. And I was like, I'll happily get on the soapbox for you. And I did. Cause that's what I do. Anyway, time to get on our basketball soapbox, our summit league soapbox. I think we're really delayed because your, your facial reactions are so delayed to what I'm saying. I don't You've know got about it looks a three that second way like, delay. for the viewers or not, but it looks that way. Okay. Do you just want me to smile like the whole time? That's like when we're both watching a game with the same. Yeah. Yeah. Smile and wave, boys. Smile and wave. Um, It's like when we're both watching a game at the same time and it's like, don't text me what happened. Don't text me what happened. Because you're on a delay or whatever. Yeah. I have to flip anytime like Notre Dame's playing in a close game, Vikings, Duke, USD. If I, for some reason, we're not watching, I can't have my phone out. Nope. Yep. I got to flip over all right 
Let's talk Summit Hoops. Um, listener, if you joined right at 9.15 or whatever time my internet decided to be of service and do its job, you got to see an interview that I did earlier today with Coach Aaron Johnston of South Dakota State. Super fun. Always love um, chatting with him. Always love his insights. I also really appreciate that like when I say something, not everything I say makes sense, but when I like call something out and like make a connection, he literally like affirms me. He's like, yeah, you're spot on. And I'm like, if AJ says I'm spot on, I'm sitting pretty right now. Like I'm living a good <laughs> life. If AJ thinks I know what I'm talking about, like that makes me so happy. Um, but he's certainly well, fun to Madison, talk to. You, I so. thought it was a, I thought it was a great interview. I thought that uh, uh, I missed the first like two minutes of it, but I saw the rest of it. And um, I don't know if we'll get into it tonight, but he, he's 100% right. And what we've talked about and what you've talked about too is – Anyone that says the league's down, I mean, the stats just aren't there to prove that. Um, the net ranking of the conference is up. Like, the league just beat up on each other, minus the uh, – we'll just refer to it. I got this from Tim Hill in our in our chat group, but, like, the XDSUs. Like, minus them, they're the top two teams in the league. Everyone else has kind of been beating each other up, and it's not because they, they're lesser talent, whatever. It's because they're good. Think league-wide – they wish that maybe non-con would have been a little stronger, but we've talked about that before where nobody wants to schedule the summit league because let's be honest, they're, they're afraid of losing and <laughs> they just, they don't want to make it work. So this year was kind of down with the non-con, a lot of D2 teams, NAIA teams on the schedules for teams, but uh, um, a talent wise, it's not, it's, it's getting better each year, which is awesome to see the net, is high um the star power is high in the league when teams we thought would be there weren't and teams that weren't that we didn't think are there we didn't think yep yeah um and that's i mean we're gonna get into that tonight when we run down the standings here in a minute but i'm sure there's a lot of people out there that when i tell you that denver has a shot at the five seed that's gonna blow your mind because you thought Denver was like two and whatever. Um, and I mean, their record still really isn't that great, but they've been in a lot of close games. They almost beat SDSU last week. And when I brought that up, I saw AJ's face. I was like, yeah, that was a close call. And he was like, yep. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. like, that's no secret that Denver has talent. And um, I, I honestly, I don't want to say I firmly believe because anytime I say I firmly believe I'm going to, stand on my business. Uh-oh, Jordan's gone. Are you back? You were gone for like 10 seconds. I'm here. You keep you're you keep freezing, but then the the clock keeps running, so I don't know like Yeah. Yeah. I love this apartment internet. It's fantastic. Apologies to the viewers and listeners. <laughs> Whoever listens to the audio version of this when it comes out tomorrow is just I could honestly probably cut so much of just like, are you there? Am I frozen? <laughs> anyway, I don't want to say that I firmly believe because anytime I stand up here on my business, I get like proven wrong and I don't love that. Um, so I'm going to say I almost firmly believe that Denver will get the five seed. Like I really do think they have, what do they have to close out? Uh, they have St. Thomas. They have Omaha too. Omaha St. Thomas. Kansas I think is city. Oh, Kansas city. Okay. Kansas city. Yep. Kansas City, St. Thomas to close out. Those are winnable games for Denver. Those are absolutely I, winnable games for Denver. I'm not going to disagree with you, Madison. Like, you look at the standings, and I know we'll run through it, but like the two teams ahead of them, um, it's not guaranteed. You know, UND's got a tough one against USD, and then obviously, or excuse me, we'll go chronological SDSU, then USD. Um, St. Thomas has Omaha, and then and then Denver. Um, will pretty much be I mean, at, at that point, St. Thomas and Denver could be for the five seed, which is huge. I mean, we were talking about Denver being one yep. of the, you know, just a few weeks ago being in that bottom two, as far as standings go. Um, and you, you're the first one to be like, they're not that they're not that just, it's not, they're not, as, not as low as it looks. Yep. Yeah. And you know, if, if St. Thomas wins tomorrow, Denver will not get the five seed. They need St. Thomas to lose both um, so that they can both sit at eight and eight. And then in that case, okay. Denver would have swept St. Thomas this season, and that would give them 
the five seed. So if St. Thomas wins tomorrow, they'll get the five and they will play USD in the first round, which game is not a guarantee for either team. Yep. Um, is that USD was the, the, the only the like, rock in a seed? Like, are they pretty – like, I know um, that – are they the lock at the four? Maybe uh, Oral Roberts is a lock at the three. Like, are those the only two that are locks technically? Well, SDSU, I guess, would be a lock at one no matter what. It's just a matter of if they split the regular season title, if they for some reason lose out. Well, I don't know what the – no, yeah, you're right. They would be a lock at one no matter what, because even if they lose to NDSU on Saturday, um, they have the, the tiebreaker, tiebreaker over they Oral have Roberts. The tiebreaker yeah. because it's over Oral Roberts. You're right. Yeah. So SDSU is locked. Um, what's Oral Roberts' record? Hold on. I need to pull this up. I'm, I'm so scared to pull another tab up because I don't want um, the internet to. So they're either going to finish 11 and 11 and 5 or 10 and 6. I th- yeah, they for sure are a lock for the three seed because they, they swept USD actually 10, they've won three yeah. in a row against USD because they eliminated the Yotes in the first round last year. They did. So SDSU's locked at one. They will play um, on Friday or on Saturday, excuse me at, I don't know, 1230 or something. something Let me like pull that. up the bracket in a different tab. Here we go. Um, SCSU is locked number one, 3 p.m. Saturday, March 9th will be their game. They will take on, and we'll go over this, all of this again next week. Um, they will take on Kansas City or Omaha. I don't know if Kansas City is locked down there. They're not locked. Um, they could Kansas City could technically three and eleven. But Denver's four and ten. And they play each they other. Climb so Kansas as high City, as six, right? They can climb as high as six. This is bonkers, bro. Jeepers, creepers. It's the same on the men's side, too. Men's side might even be more crazy. Yeah. So is Omaha? Omaha's two and thirteen. They have and I'm here for the all um, seven o'clock start time tomorrow. Yes. Omaha has only St. Thomas left. So the best they can do is three and 13. So they're locked. Yeah. They're locked into the eight, nine game. Whether they're eight or nine, we don't know yet because if Kansas city ends up three and 13, we'd have to look at their head to head. And I don't know what that is. I haven't looked, um, but Omaha will be in the eight, nine game. We know that much. Um, Oral Roberts is locked at three. USD's locked at four. So really five, six, seven, eight, and nine are up for grabs. That's and insane. and one or no no no, no one one not sorry we said they were locked yeah. That's wild. Five through nine. How do you think it's going to there. shake out? Five through nine. How do I think? Um, one, two, th- hold on here. I got the standing. One, two, three, four, five. Five through nine. Yep. Um, I I don't – well, screw it. It's the end of the year. I don't see UND winning this weekend. See them finishing five and 11. Um If I want chaos, I don't see St. Thomas winning, but I do think that they'll pick up a win in Omaha. So um, I don't know what I'm. Uh, let's see here, Denver. Denver, I I like. I think they'll split. Kansas City is kind of a tough one to to go to. So what's that put? Four and eleven. Four and eleven. I don't know who would have the tiebreaker: Kansas City or Denver. 4 and 11, 4 and 11, UND at 5 and 11, St. Thomas at 7 and 9, or uh, yeah, 7 and 9. So I guess 5 through 9, I would have St. Thomas, UND. I don't know that, again, the tiebreaker, Denver, Kansas City, but both them at 4 and 11, and then Omaha at uh, 
uh, two and fifteen or two and uh, fourteen. So if you don't think North Dakota is going to win, you think Denver is going to split. That puts them. Oh. Five and eleven. Or excuse, yeah. Hold on. Yeah. Did I, what did I say? Yeah, five but and eleven. They split. They they split this season. So, so then I don't know what the next tiebreaker would be over it, them. It, if so I remember, I'm probably the- wrong on this, but I believe it's the head-to-head on the next team down. So it would be Kansas yeah. But City. we don't know what the next team we don't know what the next team down is until the end of the weekend. Woof. Yeah. So I'm gonna go my five through nine. My five through nine is Denver, St. Thomas, what's the Kansas City, North Dakota station? Let's see. At North Dakota, Kansas City lost one and one one. See, so like if I, I'm gonna go Jen oh St. Thomas and then and then if Kansas City and North Dakota were to tie, I don't know what that tiebreaker would be. I feel like it's the next team down, but when you get the bottom, what do you work your way up then? Like I don't No, it is the next team down, but I'm like we don't know what the next team down is gonna be till the end of the weekend. Because the record could change. Oh, that's or will yeah. change. I mean the 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 standings could change. Yeah. I don't know. This is this is bonkers. This is nothing. It's pretty insane. <laughs> That's fantastic. I absolutely love that. Um, let's look at the upcoming schedule and just have a little chit chat. Yeah. So um SDSU hosts UND at seven. I think we know which way that's gonna go. Anything could happen, but I don't I I expect SDSU to handle their business tomorrow. Mm-hmm. No disagreement. Okay, let's move on. No um, disagreement. <laughs> USD at North Dakota State. I think USD is very capable of beating NDSU, but the way NDSU has been playing, they're on an absolute tear right now. You heard AJ say they're playing just as good as any major team out there right now. And at home, I think they're probably also going to handle their business tomorrow. Yeah, tough team, but uh, Yotes by eight. Okay. We're going to turn it up. And 100% this is bias. But I also think that – I just think talent-wise they're – they're there. It's just, they're so inconsistent. Oh my God. When I, we were, where were we Saturday? I think we were in Vermilion all day Saturday. So I missed the, the, uh, Yotes game on that day, but we got back and I saw that they lost to Oral Roberts again. I literally said, what the hell? <laughs> like, it's not that they lost. It's, how they lost and it's not taking away anything from Old Roberts but it's like again I jinxed them back in like the second week of the Summit League saying they're head and shoulders above everyone else and ever since then they have been one of the most inconsistent teams in the entire league as far as we don't know which USD you're going to get the talent's there to compete but like are we going to get the one that turns it over a lot and shoots like crap or are we going to get the one that scores 85 90 points and gets a lot of bench contributions i don't know so yeah my, my head I says think I, 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 yeah, north dakota state's tough at home but my heart really wants to go with usd and a and if they win that one i mean it's march well, is now, even more mad yeah yeah i um i know that it's easy for me to say like as a jackrabbit fan but I like I really do think that USD post all of the injuries last year for new faces this year, and also Kayla having to step away like at the end of the season. I think there's they really just needed this year to 
I do think they gel well. We've seen when they when they play well, like what they can do. Um, so I yeah, hope that they I, go no I matter what happens. Oh, sorry, Madison. I just I hope that it's not leaking into the locker room like um, what I've heard a lot within the USD fan base with the, the women's team is a let's just get through the year. Let's let's get one win in the Summit League tournament because we're going to be stacked next year. We got a lot of shooters coming in like I don't like the look ahead. Let's just get this one over with. Let's get a win. Let's not lose again in the first round. Right. That's how a lot of fans that's how a lot of fans are feeling right now and I hope that's not seeping into the locker room cuz for those seniors or the the transfers that came in for a year like Tory, like I don't want that for them. And I know that's not it that's not the mentality they have, but there's this growing that's kind of the feeling in the USD fan base is like, all right, it's the XDSU's years. Let's just let them take it. Let's get a win in the Summit League, and we'll be back next year. But you can't think like that in the new era of college basketball, college sports, really, with the transfer portal, because you have no idea what's going on inside the locker room. You have no idea of, of these teams, like, who's going to be leaving, because they think there's a better opportunity, yeah. which, as we, as we know, three-quarters of the time is not the case. The grass is not greener on the other side. So I, I hope that's not the mentality yeah. that they're taking, um, but it's, yeah, the fan base of USD, it, there's a lot of talk with that. Like, oh, they'll, they'll be fine. We'll watch them. We'll, we'll, let's just get one win in the Summer League tournament, and we'll see what happens. But we'll be back next year. I mean, it's certainly going to be interesting, and I don't, I don't think that it would ever be their mentality. Like when I talked to – up i i said you know last year was injury related with things that happened this year ha certainly has been as planned and you played that expect a crap ton out of you and she was like we like what like very just like we want them to expect a lot out of us so i don't think that ever would be there um here you're coming from um saint thomas i don't know I don't That's know. a tough one. Um, what happened the last time they played? Let's figure that out. St. Thomas, Omaha. My tab isn't loading quickly, so if you're before, uh, St. Thomas won by five up in the the cities. So, okay, really close game, eighty-eight to eighty-three. I think that despite like not necessarily being filled lacrosse arena um still a tough place to play we've seen some games this season i think um i don't know i'm gonna lean omaha I don't know. i'm gonna lean omaha in this one i think i am too i think it's gonna be close i'm gonna say six I'm going to say 79. Oh, yeah, six. I'm going to say 79, 77, Omaha. Okay. Book it. Um, <laughs> book it. This is another one I really just don't know what to do with. I'm I'm Denver biased. People know that. Um, I also, like, have been Kansas City biased in the past, too. <laughs> there are special people to me in both places both in in basketball and out of basketball as far as like my family and friends um so i don't know i'm gonna lean denver i think kansas city is pretty decent at home but i'm gonna lean denver because of what they showed me against south dakota state last week if that denver shows up kansas city's a goner yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna lean Normally, I like to lean with Kansas City at home, but I just think matchup-wise, um, and this time of year, and what's at stake with seeding and stuff, I think Denver's on a, a, a solid tear right now, um, and they're playing their best basketball. So, I, huge, yeah, a huge road win, obviously, um, for Denver, and especially if Omaha wins. Um, two games to keep an eye on if you're into the standing stuff. Um, if we had multi-screen views on Summit League Network, but not quite yet. 
Come on, Mikkel, give us the quad box. <laughs> I'll lean Denver in this matchup. Going to and Rays are always a tad tougher because we don't know yet what happens. Uh, we start with St. Thomas, Denver. Oh, look at the all 2 p.m. on oh, Saturday. God, the last. Okay, I love the Summit League. They just granted our media credentials, so I'm not going to talk too much trash. The last day of the season, when these games really freaking matter, you're going to have them all start at 2 o'clock. Are you joking? This isn't the NFL where you all start at 12. Like, this is college basketball. Like, so we need to be, well, this right needs now. to be 12. Like, why is Denver starting at 2? Okay, so you got Kansas City. That could start at 11. Brookings, Vermillion. Those hell, those could honestly both start at one. Like, who cares? So, like, why couldn't you have noon, one, one, and then Denver start at two, which is one o'clock their time? Mm-hmm. Stagger. Or even 12, one, two, two, or whatever. Like, that would be fine with me. Yes. That's annoying. Um, okay. So, St. Thomas at Denver, 2 p.m. Central, 1 p.m. Mountain. I mean, I said. I was going to stand on my business. Denver's going to get the five seed. Denver beats St. Thomas. And at home, I think they will. So the Tommies have lost five in a row. If we go by our predictions for Thursday or tomorrow, Thursday, mine anyways would have them losing six in a row. Eek. Um, I, yeah, I want to see Denver in the five seed. I think it's a great story from, for them, but. I'll lean the Tommies in this one in a, in a good road win really? to screw up all the chaos. I'm going to be so sad if that's what happens, <laughs> but like also happy. It's so weird because I used to be so like, I don't know. I think that like talking to coaches, talking to players, being at tournaments, even going at game. Like I, I um, have been to Kansas city a couple of times for basketball and volleyball um gone postseason with volleyball and basketball like just being kind of in the environment getting to know the coaches a little bit and hearing their insight whether it's basketball related or you know just like life stuff that we talk about I think it's changed my perspective on like of course I'm still jackrabbits for life but low-key last week like when Denver almost had it I was like kind of rooting for Denver a little bit like I want to see that happen i've kind of become like i don't know i just want everyone to beat up on each other i want everyone to be good <laughs> well because so. you know it's good for the league right like stsu losing a game at the end of the regular season yet yeah, throws a hiccup in like the outright championship but like it's good for the league for it to happen which is like you said in the interview or like what uh, aj said in the interview is a testament to the run they've had the last couple of years and how hard that actually is to do Yeah, for sure. Um, NDSU, NDSU, this is also a tough one. Last time it was obviously really close. Um, I don't know. The way SDSU played at Denver last week, which wasn't bad, by the way. Sure, they let Denver back into the game a couple times, but as much as they let Denver back into the game, Denver fought their way back into. Um, so I don't really think that was a case of like, Denver had a really good day. SCSU had a really bad day. Like, I, I don't think that's what happened. Um, so I, I say, I think it's going to be close. I'm going to lean SDSU, but I do think it's going to be close. Then again, we're saying goodbye to Frost Arena. It's senior day. The fans might really give SDSU the push they need, and it might not be close. So I don't know. But I think it'll probably all be thirty All 3,100 of them. Just kidding. I have a finger for you, but I'm not <laughs> going to show you on camera. Also, let's make it politically correct. It's the last regular season game in Frost Arena because you never know what could happen in the Denny. Fair. I'll take that. You're yeah, I'll lean SDSU. 
I know. I'll, well, here, I'll make up for it. I'll lean in, uh, NDSU. <laughs> I'll lean SDSU in this one. I think they just match up better. Um, you know, however, if he goes chalk in Sioux Falls, it's really hard to beat a team three times. And I do think that NDSU would put up a fight. But I think, have, yeah. But, you know, if SDSU loses on Thursday, NDSU's got something to little extra motivation there too, but no, well, I'll lead SDSU yeah. to uh, close out the season with a, with a dub and finish undefeated regular season. Well, I'll tell you, I know that you like hot takes made some at the beginning of the season. I have a hot take that I told uh, somebody last night. I said, I don't think the two is going to make it to the summer league championship game in Sioux Falls. I didn't say who. I just said I don't think the two. I don't think the two seeds going to make it. I think that um, not that they'll lose first round, but I think whoever they match up with, first or second round, is going to take them out. Okay. Okay. That's my hot take. Book okay. it. I like <laughs> it. I can't wait for next week's episode where we actually do the hot takes. I know. Oh my gosh. We're going to have so, we might have so many and we might have like none because what is a hot take at this point? Like look at the standings. Literally what is a hot take? Yeah. Five, six, seven, and nine win on Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. That wouldn't, that, that, that won't happen. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. Last game. UND at USD. Also 2 p.m. I'm going USD, especially at home. But I just think North Dakota is disjointed, disconnected. I, you know, I hope for Casey's sake, I hope that they and she finish the season strong. Um, But I just, yeah, I don't see it. I think it's going to be USD. Yeah, I, th- I think just matchup wise, I would lean USD in this. Um, but again, which one, which team are we going to get? They've lost some games at home that they should have won. Um, one thing I'll say about UND that if they go 0 2 this weekend, hell, even if they go 1 and 1, um, a team that does not have a target on their back is a very dangerous team, especially with one that has weapons like UND does. So um, I think you're right. If they come in as the six or seven seed, that's not a team I want to be playing if I'm the two or three seed. Like that, that's a very um, winnable game, an upset alert. Um, Cause in no way, shape or form. And again, we don't know what's going on in the locker room. Maybe they're, maybe they're kind of done. Maybe they're checked out. I highly doubt that, but they're a team that talent wise um, with a target, not on their back. I would be scared to play against in Sioux Falls. Um. I think so. Okay. Sorry. This is kind of going on a tangent, but, and this is also assuming Denver ends up where I think they're going to end up, but they got the three, six game, right? If Denver doesn't get the five seed and sits in the sixth spot, ORU should be scared. A, for sure. Based on, based on what happened last time, not, and that certainly wasn't ORU's best performance and they know that. And, you know, Kelsey and I talked about that on the show, but A, based on that and B, Denver is so ready to stand on their business. Like they have been slowly battling and slowly turning it around. There was those two close games with USD and somebody else. Um, It was like that 78 to 70 game in Vermillion. And then the other game they lost either right before or right after that. And then after that was when they absolutely annihilated Oral Roberts and had a couple of games where they won. Um, so I think if, if Denver doesn't win out the weekend or somehow ends up in the sixth seed, I still think that that is a team that I would not want to face. Yeah. I mean, and history shows it too. We've had upsets in the tournament and those lower, lower seeded teams. Um, that that's just 
you know, they lost close games in the regular season. That's how they got that seating. But in no way, shape, or form was it indicative of the, the style and the competitiveness of that team. Yeah, absolutely. Is it next weekend um, yet? <laughs> I know. I'm so excited. Um, we have to keep it short because we do have another interview to get to. So any parting thoughts for you, Jordan? No, last week, and if your team's got a home game, uh, go support the student-athletes. Otherwise, can't wait to talk Summit League Tournament next week. I'm excited. I will see you then. See you, Maddie. to reaching the summit we are joined today by our final guest of the season and very good friend of mine head coach of denver women's basketball dosha woods coach thank you for tolerating my bs again this season <laughs> i'm so glad you're here well thank you for the invite you know i was like seeing all the others pop and, and i had to text you like am i going to be on this year i mean i know it's been an up and down year but i know you didn't forget about me and you're like nope so glad to be here thanks for the invite Oh, absolutely. I would never forget. I feel like you were first last year, so I had to like do some adjusting, you know, and try to try to move it around. That's fair. Um, That's fair. I wanna, thank you. I want to start with just like a general overview of your season up to this point. If someone were to look at, you know, the wins loss column, the record book, the box scores, they would probably overlook your team. Uh, but, you know, I don't do that. <laughs> and a lot of the games in the non-con especially were three points five points, even the nine and tens were, you know, some free throws here and there at the end of the game. Um, and we'll get to kind of the turnaround in the season, but can you walk me through up to like late January, right before you went to Vermillion, um, kind of right before you started to turn it around a little bit, what was that chunk of the season? Like, what was the mindset? How did you keep everyone battling all that good stuff? Good, good question. I think, you know, obviously in, in this profession, it's easy to, to just, check and look at our record and be like, oh, they've only won, you know, X amount of games. Um, you know, and honestly, we really developed like a one and no mentality. So um, I, I think we're like, I don't know, seven and something. Um, but, you know, if you look at our team and you're actually paying attention to the games, we've had so many single digit games. Um, and this is part of, um, we can teach a lot, right? Very confident in our ability to score the ball and make adjustments and get stops. We can't teach experience. So, a lot of the games that we lost were basically led by three sophomores. Anything that you would ask um, a team to do, right, we're asking them to do. Lead us in scoring, lead us in assists, lead us in, um, you know, rebounding, uh, be leaders because our leadership team is consisted of three sophomores. So um, I, I honestly have been super encouraged just by the, the way that we've been able to state claims. Of course, a couple lopsided games in there for sure, but for the most part, we really have been competitive. Uh, until about the, you know, 35-minute mark, 36-minute mark. Um, during a stretch when we were on our little skid, you know, if you follow me, I'm just a, you know, positive person. It's how I operate. And I had to learn that, um, you know, basketball doesn't define me. The record doesn't define me. Um, but for our team, it was difficult, right? It is like some of them, this is the hardest thing that they've done. And uh, that's when we really tried to lean into the one and no mentality. And, um, you know, if we had a game goal for that game, despite losing it, let's say we wanted to have more assistant turnovers, it's something we highlighted and talked about. Um, I, I really challenged uh, my staff and they did a phenomenal job um, throughout that streak of just everybody, you know, spirits up and things like that. And then I text the team just kind of a mental health check and, you know, just how are you? And, and the last part of the question I added um, during the streak was, uh, what? how do you need me to show up for you? Uh, how do you need to have you what does that look like and you know fortunately just a lot of them like to stay positive and got some nice messages back so you know i know you can look at it and kind of get you know bogged down by your record and it can consume some people um, but it's constant reminding the team of what we're capable of and, and the record doesn't define us and i refuse to let our team kind of get sucked into that mentality um you know it was an easy time um, basketball is a game of adversity, and I think adversity reveals a lot of character, and I think that's what you've seen from our team down the stretch. Absolutely. 
Well, um, in that late January, I think it was, gosh, who did you play? USD and somebody else. No, I can't. Omaha. USD and Omaha. They had an eight-point loss at USD that arguably could have gone the other way. And a three-point loss at Omaha definitely could have gone the other way. And for for me, in my opinion, that's where I kind of started to see like, okay, this is this is the Denver we know. And what do you what do you remember from those games? Um, what was your point of emphasis? What did you see that kind of and started to shift for your team? You know, I think we we really tried to we switched up how we were watching film, um, just kind of how we would prepare. And I'm really you know big on their feedback, kind of what they see and what they have to say. So we started watching games, kind of in stretch. Just typically. Um, if the coach, the scout coach had that game, then she was responsible for kind of the uh, recap, right? When we watched on Mondays, so but we started watching either the five minute of the third quarter or the five minute of the fourth quarter, just picking out and really hearing what they have to say, talking us through different decisions or why they did certain things and look at the game different. Um, so again, though we were on the short end of that, I think both of those games, a couple of shots fall, a couple of plays. Basketball is a game of mistake, uh, game of possessions and game of mistakes, and it's always our goal to make less mistakes than the other team and to capitalize on theirs. Um, but I like the way that our team just kind of responded. Again, it didn't show up in terms of wins and losses, but I thought we got much better um, just in terms of our offense, um, offensive efficiency. I'm really trying to like uh, be much better in terms of our defensive assignments and adjustments that we've been able to make. Um, end games and again came up short both of those games especially the Omaha game but I was just I think when you watch our team you can see that we're still together and it's just like damn you know another close one damn another close one um, but for me it's really trying to keep their spirits up because uh, when it it we're, we're a scary team to play because it's like are we ever going to go away right you can we were down um, 22 going into the fourth quarter at, at North Dakota and cut it I think to six at one point so we just you know our core values is both progress in an acronym and and that's how our team consistently plays and as long as I continue to see that resilience in the game um, I never feel like we're out of it yeah absolutely um we have to talk about the turnaround we have to talk about getting back into the win column started with a win over Kansas City and continued into a nice little three-piece suit over the top defense or I mean sorry the top offense in the league in Earl Roberts that was unexpected um for, who? for a lot of people and not me, child. You know that. Come on now. You no, know that out of all people. Look, I am constantly I, I, telling people. Yes. Sorry, go ahead. No, I'm realist, right? We 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 had we had an eight-game skid, right? And so when we kind of turned around and started winning some games, I'm sure everybody was shocked, A, to just send, see us win a game. Um, but I think the reality of is when you're asking young kids to do so much for you, um, part of what you're gonna get is just this up and down and them just having to learn. Uh, they're literally in the fire learning, but you know, um, it was nice, the UMKC game at home, um, you know, slightly different style of play, but we've had, you know, different people step up. Obviously, Jones has led us um, all of conference, and I've been really happy of just her progress because conference, the Summit League really didn't get to see her play. She got hurt last year at UMKC, actually, and then spent most of the conference completely out or really trying to get back healthy. So, I know she might be surprising a lot of people in Summit League, but um, no surprise to us who have a chance to coach every day. Um, and then obviously Emma's been a staple, but it was nice to kind of get one under a belt. And then going into the Oral Roberts game, um, Oral Roberts forces you to play fast, period. I don't care how you want to play. I don't care what your intentions are going into the game. You better be ready to keep up because she does a phenomenal job of you know, just really forcing you to play fast-paced game. They do a great job of sharing the ball, moving the ball, and taking quick shots. And we knew we had to match their energy just in terms of um, being able to score the ball. Now, it worked in our favor because if you know us, if you're going to shoot, it's going to be threes all day. So we trade threes for twos, and I think that's what happened um, that game. But it was nice to, um, you know, get a win like that. And, and not only that win, but even at St. Thomas is to kind of win those schools that have been at you know, top kind of this year. And I think it was a reminder to our players that we really can't compete um, when we're clicking the way that we need to be clicking. So uh, we'll continue to kind of build on that. But Oral Roberts forces you to play. I don't care what mine is. You better be ready to play fast. And you better, you know, not forget your shoes and and not forget the basketball. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I went up out of that game. You mentioned kind of some different people stepping up. Mary Wilson, who I joked with you about earlier, I thought graduated or something. I just didn't. I didn't know she was still here. And I think she dropped like six triples or something. And I was like, excuse me, like, where have you been? Um, so it was pretty cool to see 
to see that for sure. And honestly, that I think 102 to 92 could have even been bigger or you kind of worked um, their way back into it. So definitely congrats on that. That was a huge win. And I think really sparked some um, momentum. I want to talk about Michaela Minette reigning Summit League Defensive Player of the Year. At one point, she was like averaging a double-double pretty close to it. It's kind of insane um, just how how many boards she's able to pull down, how many buckets she's able to put in, and what she does for the team. So talk to me just a little bit about her leadership and her effort on the floor. Well, I don't know if you can see my hair, but if there's probably about 10, 15 gray hairs right now, she's responsible for all of them. Um, she's responsible for every single one of them. You know, Kay has been one that – Again, I think, you know, sometimes people are just a fit for each other. And I think uh, the, the way that our, our style, uh, my style in terms of coaching her, not necessarily our style of play, it's our style of play is an adjustment for her. Um, but just in terms of coaching her, she's been one that um, since transferring here, we've had our, our, our battles up and down and really try to um, be patient with her and, and give her a lot of grace. Um, everybody, as I tell our players, we all come through the locker room in different ways. We all take different paths. And she's one um, that really has allowed us to uh, kind of coach her in different ways and challenge her in different ways. And it was a slow start to her um, to her grad uh, student campaign this year. But I think once we got in conference play, one thing that she does is, is defend and rebound. And we know that she is, you know, uh, a force for us inside when she's able to, if she's not blocking shots, altering shots and does a great job of finishing plays, especially when um, she's kind of in that zone. So she's been a nice piece and obviously we'll have to replace, especially a lot of the rebounding uh, once she's gone, but it's been nice to have her with some experience, not only overall, but within our program and understanding just how she can be effective. And I think that's part of the reason why you've seen a turnaround uh, for her in conference play as well as just um, being familiar with opponents, understanding, um, you know, the opponent or opponent wide because you've been in the league, but um, it's definitely been, um, I've grown a lot of ways in coaching her. And I think what's been fun about it is just when she had, when she does have big games and she's probably the best um, in terms of a forward that can rebound and move that size, I think in our league. So she's really effective for us. And, you know, we have a couple weeks left and as I told her, let's just make the most of it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as we sit, right now you're coming off of a game where you were egregiously close to knocking off the top team in the conference I do mean very close um and you have two teams in front of you that you've previously beaten but you certainly don't want to overlook and I don't know if people realize this but I realize this because I like implications um you actually have a shot at the five seed I don't think that people know that um and I don't know if you know that and I don't know if you want to know that but now you know it if things work out the way they do you have a shot at the five seed so what are you focused on kind of heading into this final weekend of conference play and into Sioux Falls next week? Well, we know that. Uh, we actually talked about it today as a staff. Um, Coach Doves is definitely the one that will, uh, the analytic one on the staff, and will crunch, you know, numbers every which way to Sunday. So uh, we, we, we are aware, and as I told the team, what's nice about this is we have full control over. Um, it's not, you know, we're not in a position to wait right else from something. We just need to handle what we know we can handle, and that's kind of been our message um, all week, obviously. Uh, plan at UMKC on the road uh, on Thursday and then coming home for St. Thomas. So um, you don't want to overlook anybody. You have maybe a little confidence because of how the first game went, but I think if we've learned anything about summer league play, um, you have to show up ready to play that day in front of you um, where your where your feet are that day. What you did yesterday is going to be irrelevant, and um, we can't think about tomorrow. So it's something that we've talked about as a team, but we will continue with our same mantra, just being 1-0. Shout out Coach Tang um, at K-State on the men's side. Um, I definitely stole that from him. It's just like it's been a way to just kind of keep us focused, not even talking about our overall record. Um, but what is it that right now in this moment we need to do? Um, and we will adjust, you know, uh, do that for Thursday and make whatever necessary adjustments on Saturday and take that same approach going into conference tournament. Absolutely. I love to hear it. Um, all right. That's Dosha Woods with you. Basketball, the piles of play at KC tomorrow at seven central and home for the final game of the regular season against the Tommies on Saturday at four central three mountain. I believe I've been working on my time. Zones. Um, yes, great job. You can catch great job. Little, Thank you. A little, off, a little off on um, Saturday's game um, just because it is um, lacrosse season. So we have a lot going on at DU, so obviously you can start with lacrosse in the morning and then you can come out to our game and have a full day of DU athletics. There you go. Support all new um, athletics. It's hard for me because I'm in the Eastern time zone now. 
I have been. This is my third year in the Eastern time zone, but still, I grew up in Central. Like so I'm, I'm used to one hour, but when I talk to you, it's two hours. And yes. so I have to like, yeah. Um, awesome. You can catch both those games on the Summit League Network and Midco Sports. Coach, thanks again for being here, and we'll see you in a little over a week. Yes, thanks for having me. Appreciate it.